Here we go with Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. Another great guest joining us, and another tasty beverage awaits us as well. I'm Scott. We've got Jerry across the way. Jerry, how's it going? Greetings, Scott. It's going well today. Oh, golly, we've got we've got a, a double header here, a fantastic guest and a fantastic beverage. And I'm not sure which I enjoy more. And as I found out in talking with our guest today, uh, she's been on this a third time now third time. on the show. The last time we also had this beverage, which is frankly one of my favorites. And it is a uh, I'll say Keel household tradition around the Christmas holidays. So it is a Delirium Noel. It's uh, Delirium is a brewery out of Belgium and just a fantastic beverage uh, for any season, but particularly for the Christmas season. What's this about this uh, pink elephant, by the way? It's it's their trademark. Uh, if you're anywhere in Europe primarily, uh, you'll see Delirium cafes they're called uh throughout uh europe and they have this large pink elephant on and you go on and it's basically a beer bar and they have the various uh delirium uh beer on tap and then they'll have other you know belgian beers plus other beer local to that country there so uh it's it's really always a great time oftentimes they have live music so um, not that i'm trying to promote what they do but uh, it's a great place and i found myself in one two three or four at one time or another while over there so uh, we'll be enjoying that as well that being said we also have a fantastic guest and I'll say a friend of mine. Yeah. So Dr. Sanum uh, Benton Garcia, she's the president of CVTC and has just done marvelous things for the college. Uh, so much to talk about. 2023 has been an incredible year, and I'm looking forward to going through all that with her. So, uh, Scott, if you could bring Sanum on board, and I will pour the beverage. We'll do exactly, exactly that. Now, we've had uh, you on before. We, we've talked about the, 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 the moves and all of that. We had John just uh, weeks after you'd come up into the area and all that good stuff. We were talking just before we got recording, though. You are a, a Southern girl, a Southern family, uh, Florida. That's right. You, though, one of the things you like about the area is you want a white Christmas, don't you? I sure do. Now I'm hooked. Now, so many <laughs> years without a white Christmas, and now I, I can't imagine one without it. So come on, Mother Nature. Give us some uh, snow this winter. Wait, you, you, are, you are getting acclimated to the area, too. Uh, you know, kids are becoming fans of the past. That's every, right. so you, we're all in. It's, <laughs> so that's that's the thing. When, when when we bring people into the area, and anytime anybody moves, everybody always gets excited when they first come into town, and oh, I'm going to do this and that. But now that you've been here for a while, and not just from your own perspective, but probably from the people you talk to, now this really feels like you're you're here, doesn't yes, it? That's right. It's home. It's home now. And uh, you're absolutely right. There's something about this region that attracts and just has you fall in love with it. And I think it's the community. I mean, I really think that the hearts are very warm here, and though we, although it gets a little bit brisk, <laughs> but the hearts are warm. And you're absolutely right. We have... Um, kind of nestled in and gotten comfortable and now we just can't imagine being anywhere else. So. And you know where to go now. You don't need a That's GPS right. everywhere right. and you probably even have decided uh, your own little shortcuts and you know where you're going to go to the store and where you're going to go to That's eat. Right. It's right. You are a Chippewa Valley resident. I am. And giving advice to plenty on how to stay warm. Uh, <laughs> the hunters of the region have been great in giving me those tips. Cheers to you both. All right. Go. This, by the way, is a sipper. We've got the small glasses the small today. That's right. That's right. 
I can attest to those um, establishments in Europe. This year, um, for our vacation, we decided to travel to Norwegian countries. <laughs> and um, sure enough, we found plenty of establishments that have the, f the famous pink elephant. And I thought of Jerry right away in our last visit. So great to see it. And maybe this will be our tradition. What do you uh, think? This would be great. And they have some, oh boy, they, uh, Delirium has some great ones. So uh, they even have a barrel age one over oh. at... Um, Woodman's that I, I saw, which is um, actually fantastic. I had it, although it's it's thirty one bucks for a bottle. Oh my goodness! So, wow. but but you're, you're worth it. We so. we definitely could do that <laughs> well, for you. Thank so you. thank you so much. <laughs> well, uh, of course, we have you on to talk about the, the yeah. college and a lot going on. And I think we'll we'll, we'll start up with uh, everything's going to be a, a fun question here, but yeah. a really fun one. You guys announced a nickname a couple months ago. The River Otters. It's a right. cute little logo there. And right. being the sports guy I am, I've seen a number of logos with River Otters over the years. And this one's pretty darn good. Why a nickname, though? Obviously, you guys don't have intercollegiate sports or anything like that. But having a nickname, having a mascot goes beyond just having teams, there's other uses for it, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, a mascot is a symbol that represents and unifies a tribe or a community. And CBTC is serving an 11-county district, and so we have a lot of folks um, who want to identify um, with the community, and a mascot is a wonderful way to represent that. We chose the River Otters after serving the community, not just our students, but those who we serve. And the mascot really is, uh, the River Otter in particular, is a playful social creature that relies on teamwork and collaboration. And that really personifies CBTC. We um, do all of those things, and the, and they also represent the local feel. So Wisconsin's waterways and their importance to the region. Um, that's why we chose the River Otter because we have so many different rivers that run through our district. So we have the Kinnickinnick, the Chippewa, the Eau Claire, Black, and the, and the, and the uh, Red Cedar River. And so these rivers played a pivotal role in our region. And so that's why we chose the River Otter to represent us. And to your point about sports, well, would it be fitting to say hold our beer? <laughs> uh, we just... Um, opened up our eSports uh, program. And so as of right now, it's a student club with the intent to make it into an actual part of our uh, sports program. And stay tuned. There might be other other additions to that. But we're going to start with the eSports. Um, there's plenty of competition <laughs> amongst um, the region, on, amongst our sister schools. And um, not so long ago, we're about 110 years old, uh, the college is, we did have an athletics program, mm -hmm. and those just kind of went by the wayside. Um, so just like um, other things that we're working on, we're going to reimagine what athletics looks like at CBTC. So kind of stay tuned for that. Oh, that's exciting. And now, is this going to be full contact esports? I mean, yeah. uniforms, helmets, the whole thing? <laughs> you bet. You bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All in. And so... Um, the community is welcome to come and tour the space. Actually, um, pretty exciting. Uh, it was a large investment from the college to get top-of-the-line equipment. Um, and right now, it's nestled into our cybersecurity range. So the actual environment is, is rather exciting to be in. But we are planning to expand that to other parts of our district and the school. And right now, we're just gathering the students that would be part of that before we start uh, drafting, if you will, into that program. 
Well, that's exciting. Yes, it is. And uh, more to come? Anything more to come. Is, is any uh, time frame or just, just more to come? More to come. And so um, we are intentional and um, taking our time, making sure that we, ha- we choose the right things that are appropriate for us. Uh, but I think that our region gives us a lot of opportunity to offer unique of opportunities. Um, so, so we're, so we're that, researching that, those. That new 20,000-seat arena on campus <laughs> probably isn't going to happen quite a way, but yeah. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm coming back next year, right, Jerry? We'll, yeah, have, yeah. we'll have more to report then. I'll get you that $31 sure. bottle of, uh, <laughs> of beer for that one. That would be great. So, but there, I mean, obviously the River Otters, that's, that's, that's yeah. fun. So much is going on at the, at, so at, at the college now. And I could throw out some things, but I mean, where, what are you most proud of? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that cyber range that I just mentioned. Um, so the cybersecurity range um, is something that we're really, really proud of. Uh, first of all, um, anyone who has data that need to protect, whether it's a bank, um, whether it's a K-12, a school, um, anyone who has data that need to protect, their IT security folks are probably hard at work staying current and staying ahead of the bad guys. And uh, for our programs around computer science, cybersecurity is a big part. But we also know that simulation is a big part of instruction today. So we have simulation in our healthcare programs. We have it in our police academy. Uh, we have it in virtually every pro- welding. I mean, we're using AI and simulation in almost all of our programs. And so for cybersecurity in particular, um, it's an area that we could help the community as well. So, it, so when we look to add programs or look to add things to the college, we also think about the community and how they would benefit. And so the cybersecurity range is probably what you're thinking. It's a large room full of computers that have a secure environment that can mimic just about any industry. And we would be able to gather uh, local current IT professionals to come sharpen their skills and to... Um, defend their institutions in a safe place. And so we are um, accredited by NSA, and and that is the the National Security Association, and that's from the Department of Homeland Security. And it's a very uh, important designation that we're very proud of and difficult to achieve. And so we wanted to build on that because of the quality of our programs. And so we were able to very quickly get the cyber range up. This is something that is most common in the military, and most recently, maybe in the last couple of years, have been popping up around the country um, at universities and colleges. And so we toured a few and brought back that knowledge and very quickly were able to get ours off the ground and then invest in the technology to make it happen. And so the idea is, let's say bankers, Jerry, would come in um, throughout the region and your IT professionals would come in and we would set up a scenario and say, okay, it's time to defend your institutions. And so they would practice. And having access to the software and the professionals to run these scenarios, they would be different every time because the bad guys will try different things. They're not going to try the same thing twice if they can't get in, right? And so we would help um, local industry um, defend their their property, their information, their companies. And I think that's a great value add in addition to training brand new cybersecurity professionals that come out of our school. So we're really proud of this um, new facility and we're excited to see um, how we can uh, scale that effort. So we're helping our other sister schools around the state who have not been able to put in those resources because you can also log in 
from afar. And so we can train people from far away. And because I like a little bit of drama, we've put in some red lights. So when you're being hacked, the room just turns red and glows. <laughs> and so it's quite exciting. Um, but in all due seriousness, it's serious stuff. If you have important data to protect, then we want to help the community stay safe. Well, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. And so is that that's up and running now? It's up and running now. Um, we are working with uh, the different companies that want to come in and, and train with us. We've get, received a lot of interest. And uh, this will be an ongoing thing. So we'll be around for as long as the community needs us to be able to do that. And uh, we would like to be able to set up cohorts so that we have like-minded businesses training at the same time. So it'd be nice to have, you know, uh, banking industry uh, uh, attorneys, schools, uh, private public sector, because the environments in which you need to train in may look similar. Correct. Uh, so, um, and then we were look at, you know, who needs us the most and who, where do we need to go? And so I really would love to focus on rural areas where this type of technology may not be available or as easy to access and help those professionals as well. So that's the intent here. Let's step back a second. Sure. So, um, Historically, when the economy was poor, enrollment at CVTC would raise because you right. tend with folks who they couldn't find a job. Oftentimes, the next best option was to go and get some more training and maybe retrain yourself something different. Right now, we're at record employment around. How's enrollment doing at CVTC, and how is it responding to the economy right, right now, which from all measures is doing very well? economy is doing very, very well, and so is our enrollment. We are at a high, a 12-year high. Our enrollment has not been as high in 12 years, and so we are very excited to So, so what, do you, what do you attribute that to? Because I had heard that, and, yeah. and that seems to be kind of counter-cyclical, at least to what's happened historically. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. That has been, um, but I think after the pandemic, um, what we knew to be true is now in a different new normal, and what we're seeing is we're training more and more of the incumbent worker, so we're having a lot of folks that are currently employed and they're upskilling, they're upskilling, uh, learning new, new um, information to keep current within their field. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon as our world continues to evolve at such a high pace. And I'm totally talking about technology right now. Um, the uh, conversation around artificial intelligence is something that we're working with with almost every segment of the industries that we work with. And uh, so that incumbent worker training has um, just increased, and then also our dual enrolled students. So more and more students are taking advantage of the opportunity to uh, earn a college credential while in high school. Yeah, and t touching on that, and we've had uh, some other uh, podcasts with our friends over at uh, the Altoona schools, for yes. instance, have had uh, representatives from CVTC on, and, and, and give, a, give everybody a little bit more of a background on that connection between CVTC and the high schools in the area, and it goes many times beyond just simply the kids can take some classes That's early. Right. It, there, there's a whole program involved, and That's it's right. it's a give and take on both sides. The college helping out the the local high schools, and the high schools learning from the college. Absolutely, and we want to make sure that students have an accelerated path um, into a college and post secondary education. And so we know that a credential is um, is valuable and lets students get to work that much faster. Uh, but some students are more in an ex exploratory phase, and that's perfectly okay. So we do have the dual credit option where you could take a course here and there and kind of get exposed to college level uh, work. Uh, but we do have 
many students, 800 as a matter of fact, uh, throughout our district that are part of high school academies. And it's probably what you're referring to with Altoona as with m many of our other uh, high schools. And these are students that are in a cohort basis that are actually working towards a credential. So when they graduate, um, and usually before they graduate high school, they'll graduate with either an associate's from us, a technical diploma, or some type of uh, industry credential. And uh, that is exciting because they can build on top of that training and they have a leg up already on uh, graduating sooner. So we're seeing nurses graduate sooner and sooner because they start the CNA, LPN while they're in high school and ready for that RN program as soon as they graduate. So you're, we're getting younger and younger students prepared that much quicker to help in these critical areas. And so uh, what's important for families to know is that the dual enrollment is a program that we work with the, the high schools with. And so we absorb that cost. And so the families do not have to pay for the tuition, books, instructional materials. And so it's, it's a wonderful thing for the community. This is a, is a question that probably doesn't have a simple answer, but what are students looking for in their college experience now? And I think that is different now than it was even 10 years ago and different than it was 20 years ago. But students that come to CVTC, what are they looking for? And it, it probably varies a little bit. Some are, are using it as a, as a starting off point. Others are looking at it for other reasons. But why, what are they looking for out of you guys? Students in general? or I would, say stud I would say students in general. Yeah. You know, what, what is the, the, the 18, 19-year-old looking for? Right. So the 18 and 19 year old student um, is looking for earning potential and upward mobility economically for their family. Um, whatever uh, comes to mind when it comes to CBTC as to who our students are, you're probably correct. And then some. So we have everything from the student that is in high school to the recent graduate to the person who already has a four year degree and is coming back for more training to the incumbent worker to perhaps a person who's looking to change their career. So we're here for all of it. And even though we are known for our occupational programs, our workforce programs, we also have a very large program of students that want to transfer to a four-year university. And uh, that is actually one of our largest programs, believe it or not. So uh, it's really important for us to work well with our local universities to provide that seamless transfer. So they're looking for economic mo uh, mobility, and that's the easiest answer. They want to do well, and parents, like all of us, want our children to do better than we did. And so they're looking to set them up for that future. We're talking with Dr. Sanum Benton-Garcia, president of CVTC, and I have to give her an opportunity to uh, enjoy a little bit of the beverage here. Um, I have quite a question that we, we've talked about. Um, there are these programs in place which are, which are really wonderful about getting uh, younger students, you know, into the workforce quicker. Is there another side to this in terms of maturity factor? I mean, if you have somebody who's 19 or 20 going out, and, and I understand CBTC uh, educates people at all stages of their career. Right. So, you, you know, we think in terms of students of being maybe traditional age, but there are many, many non-traditional students. I, I took my own, I took an uh, update on um, Microsoft Office here uh, a few months ago at the CBTC campus in Chippewa Falls. So any age can still learn something. Right. So uh, that being said, uh, having a younger person being fully accredited at a degree at 18, 19, 20 years old, even though they might have the educational background, do they have the maturity level at that young age to do some of those jobs? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. And that answer is individual to the student. You know, we have some students that, that demonstrate an incredible maturity at a very young age and others that just need to grow a little bit more. Um, and so this is where our wraparound services come in. Um, we have um, extensive advisement <coughs> with many tools to help students understand what their strengths are, um, where they are in their educational journey and career, and there's nothing wrong with taking your time. Uh, what I do know is that local businesses are needing uh, skilled workers and they need them yesterday. And so um, creating opportunities to um, get folks out into the workforce and to fill these jobs um, in our region is, is primary. But these wraparound services help students understand um, what type of jobs uh, are more appropriate for them and, and their port in their career and what it takes to, to actually do them. And so that might have some career counseling involved, um, maybe some mock in interviews and mock experiences, um, some job, sh job shadowing, all the different things that we have at our disposal that I really wish we had back when I was their age. Um, I made a whole lot of mistakes with my educational career because I just wasn't ready and I didn't really know what I wanted. Um, but today, students don't have a luxury um, to wait and uh, the financial picture for many, they need to have a clear path. So the sooner we can identify what their needs are and what they're ready for, um, the better off they will be and also their families. And that includes financial planning and financial literacy. You know, we have young men and women, particularly in our gas utility programs and a few others, who are making six figures right out the gate. They're going right into these high-paid, high-wage jobs, but do they know how to invest and do they know how to keep that money in their pocket? And so um, we realize that these are really, really important things that we also need to, to focus on. So curriculum's important, but these wraparound services just as much. Now, one thing that CBTC is, to me, it is a great bellwether on is the types of programs you offer. And, and, and every year, it seems like every year, you, you seem to add one or two. You mentioned about cybersecurity before as an add-on. But some, unfortunately, just with, so you have limited resources are, are kind of have to be dropped or reduced just due to lack of demand or, or low enrollment. What are the new things coming on? And frankly, what are kind of being phased out as we move forward into now kind of getting to be the middle part of the 21st century? Right. So our advisory boards play a critical role in advising us if the jobs and the programs that we're training for are changing, whether they need new skills. And that is really our compass uh, for knowing um, when a program has reached its point, right? And so as we make room for new programs and new types of jobs that are coming online that didn't exist before, we're also looking at jobs that uh, may not have that, right? And so um, what's coming new for CBTC? Well, in our region, we have a um, big need for um, esthetician, massage therapy, sports programs. And so that is currently under construction and will be part of our business education center there at Claremont. And so those will be uh, brand new facilities that not only will serve as instructional programs, but also benefit the community. So as you know, our culinary and baking and pastry um, programs not only serve the students, but they also house a restaurant and the community can come in and have food. Um, our cosmetology and barber programs, well, um, 
not only do they train students for those work for that work, but we also have a actual um, cosmetology and barber shop where the community can come in and have services, nail techs, all those things. Now we can add esthetician, massage, and all of that. And so those are all services that community can receive as our students practice. So, so if you're not aware of those services, how would you, through your website or how say am I interested? Absolutely. I didn't realize you had a restaurant on campus yeah. that was open to the public. Claremont 620. Yes, our menus are posted on our website uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11:45. Come early because when the food runs out, it does, and we have lines that wrap around mm -hmm. the building. Local business. Uh, community folks come in and enjoy the food that our students are preparing. Uh, they're quite delicious, Jerry. You have to come. Um, and so we're excited to not only um, instruct students on these different career programs, but also serve the community while they're doing it. So those are our new programs. And then lastly, um, we have a brand new simulation building that will be uh, finalized um, in January. And that simulation building was uh, funded by a philanthropic donation, one of the largest that we've received. And uh, that's pretty exciting because it's going to allow our emergency services um, students to practice in realistic environments. So you talked about um, grants and, and gifts to the university. And I know that's something that I have seen as well, that you've had new dollars coming in. You're the largest gift ever this year. Right. So is the foundation and that philanthropic arm of CVTC growing? Absolutely. Um, we're seeing certainly more um, of those types of donations, um, but we're also seeing legacy gifts as well. Folks adding us to their estates and um, continuing to grow our institution uh, through their through their legacy. Um, that simulation building um, was something that we wish we could have done through the referendum, but our scope didn't allow for it. And we thought, well, one day it'd be nice to have this done. And in came a wonderful donor who uh, said we could help make that happen. And so now our police and emergency services uh, students can practice um, going in and doing tactical work and retrieving of patients or whatever they need to do in a realistic environment. It's about 4,000 square foot building in our West Campus. And I'm really excited for the ribbon cutting and showing the community what this looks like. Wow, it's 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 always something new going on. That that that, that that's amazing. I the other evening um, I caught your there's uh, it's been on for a couple of years now. There's an ad you on local television that starts out with someone kind of wrapping a pen. Oh yeah, and then that beat then carries on into all the different things or, or many of the things that CVTC does. And I thought it was just wonderfully done because it kind of captures visually and. But, Auditology, I don't know sure, if there's a word, sure. just kind of all this, the sound of just items and progress going on in That's the right. community and doing the jobs that we all take for granted. I, I think the, the number that I've seen, and you'd be much better at this than I, is, or me, is, you know, like 85% of all the students who graduate from CVTC stay, I think, in Wisconsin or that's some right. some number that's right. like in that. Our region, yes. And that's that that's amazing. I mean, uh, UW Eau Claire it, it, uh, we had Chancellor on not too long ago, and he was you know kind of um, celebrating the fact that historically we there were maybe eighteen nineteen percent of the students that that graduated would stay in the area, and now that number is approaching forty percent, which is a huge increase for them. But I mean, as far as local impact of graduates 
you, you, you got a mic drop on that one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, our alumni base is very strong. Um, thank you for pointing out the, the commercial, Jerry, because that commercial actually won a national award for us. Really? Um, so there's a marketing uh, large association that you know, recognizes that creative work and our, our team won an award for that. Oh, so that thank you for recognizing <laughs> that. Um, and yes, we are very proud of the fact that our graduates stay within the region. And I'm going to attribute that to all of the funding that we received, uh, both the Restore grant, which was huge, $10 million for college, to a brand new Edustat, uh, which is a federal grant for $5 million. All of these um, large awards that the college has received in the last few years have allowed us to go into our rural areas and bring instruction there um, and bring programs into that region. And that has allowed students to stay within their community. And uh, that is a uh, something that we really, really are proud of because we want students to stay and help grow the community, not move away. So we're excited about that. I got just one more question here and have a little bit of have a little bit of fun. We've asked you a lot of questions, yeah. but you're out and about in the community doing whatever people do nowadays, a box social or God knows what. <laughs> what is the mo they find out you're the president at CVTC, really don't know too much about you or anything like that. What's the most frequently asked question you get? Hey, the president at CVTC, you know, X, Y, Z. I got to ask you a question. Oh, gosh. <laughs> most frequently asked question. Uh, well, when they find out, yes, that I'm here, most folks know that I've moved here from somewhere else. They say, they always ask me, why Wisconsin and why here? That's probably the most frequently asked question. And the second thing is, what are you up to next, right? <laughs> um, but the, yeah, the most frequently asked question is, why did I choose to come to Wisconsin? Because, you know, most people are headed south and here I went and picked the most northern port and, and, and moved across. Um, and my answer is always the same, you know. It's, it's and people. that being said, when, 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 you, when you came, you for a job like this, you, you plan on being here for a long time, but there's never a guarantee. You never know. After a year, it might just not be a, be a fit. How happy are you that this seems to have become home? Oh, we're just so thrilled. We're so thrilled that um, life brought us here. My husband and I sit on our beautiful back porch and look out into the wooded area. And, the, uh, and not too recently, he, he said to me, um, you know, what took us so long to get here? And I said, well, things had to be just right. And so... You had traffic in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and boy, do you know, we, do we miss our family and friends back home, but um, I don't miss the traffic and I don't miss those super, super hot days. I've actually um, grown quite fond of the cooler weather. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, great way to end this and wrap this up. Thank you for listening to Scott and me chat over a beer today with Dr. Sunum. If you like what you've heard, please give Banker with a Beer a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, wherever you listen to your podcasts from. Northwestern Bank with a Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank, building strong communities where people matter.